0: and positivity everyone it's Takesha of Native Nubian Wellness and you are watching another session of Black Women Who Blaze and today I have an amazing guest with me. Um, I followed her on LinkedIn and I saw the beautiful post of all of her treats and you guys know I'm an infusionist and I just love how she creates uh, what we would consider edibles but real meals you know and that's I'm a big uh big on that that it doesn't have to be a gummy or some you know cookie but it can be actually food that you eat every day so uh, that's what drew me in but you know she it just is multifaceted in this space and out and I want to introduce Lawan Stribling. Thank you for thank joining you so me much. today. How are you?
1: Hey Takisha thank you so much. I am so just dis- overwhelmed and excited about all this exposure that you're giving us women in this platform so thank you for inviting me I appreciate it
0: oh you're welcome you're welcome uh yeah you know I, I decided to find a space or create a space and it's not like there's not other black women who are creating podcasts or YouTubes but this was really originally something for me and my friends to do uh, when the pandemic hit, pandemic. and we kind of did virtual um sessions, you know, on Instagram or whatever. But you know, the conversations would be good, you know, to the point where I'm like, we should really, you know, put this out there and see um how many other Black women who are consuming cannabis, like how they're consuming it, what's the culture where they're at, you know. Let's connect. Let's really make this a movement, and um, and it just started to blossom with just my friends and. Um, really just diving into their diagnoses and and how cannabis helps and then we just of course get into you know the advocacy part and restorative justice and the fact that you know this industry is being built on the backs of us and our people and we're not Mm -hmm. getting no respect put on our names with this no
1: respect at all ignored overlooked like we don't know anything But, you know, I appreciate people like you for doing this because it's very important for us to have this space and actually to have these kind of discussions to really talk about, you know, what we deal with on a daily, Um, per society, you know, how it's come to us being into this country uh, through shadow slavery. Everyone expects Black women to just do with whatever you're supposed to give them. And it's not okay. And I'm just so happy that my journey has allowed me to see the differences to know that there's better out here for you than working for someone till your till your death basically and and to have a voice and to use your voice. So thank you. You know, my, my journey with cannabis is is such a story because I can say it saved my life on many occasions, but I could also speak about how yeah I damaged myself using cannabis by the abuse of it too. So I just want to bring that awareness out that it's very possible and it can happen. And it's because, you know, we self-medicate. We self-medicate to deal with our traumas because we don't know how to talk to people. We don't know where to go for help. Um, We don't know how to, to even get help. Like, we don't know. It's just never been taught to us as a culture. So, yes, I'm happy to be in this space so I can share my experiences and talk about it.
0: Yes, yes. And you definitely I'm glad that you you know, are really not just, you know, making, you know, cannabis, a romanticized Roman antic type, nice. way, you know, I
1: call it a glamorizing girl. I can't stand what right. People do that.
0: Right. Right. So, you know, and this is what it is like, of course you can have, um, a great time, you know, as an option to alcohol. But yes. let's be clear that it is a plant, and it should be utilized medicinally, um, therapeutically, and intentionally and effectively. And I love how you you say it, yes, it can be abused, like like most things. Um, it can be abused, and you know you tap into the area of your life that there was a the time that you did. So let's start with some logistics, and we'll let you dive in. Where are you located?
1: I am located in the DNV, the DC, Maryland, Virginia area in Maryland. So I do business in DC and in Maryland.
0: That's dope because Maryland just 2020, right before it ended. Yes, y'all, y'all. 2020 to the, we've been we've been
1: working on this for a while now, and I'm I'm really excited that we did get the legalization on the ballot for the residents to have their say. But now the real work has to come into how legislation is going to look for. Us people who look like me and our residents because you don't want to be criminalized anymore for this plan it's just ridiculous
0: right right like let's be clear you know nobody should be coming and when we yes we hyper <laughs> focus on us because if not us who nobody does but we're not saying that all the other issues uh in regards to cannabis uh prohibition are not important but what we want to let y'all know is y'all have to be just as loud because we didn't create this problem. So now y'all want us to be loud about a problem we didn't create and y'all think that y'all don't have to. But, um, and that's another thing that y'all be diving into later this month. But, um, so tell us about uh, your businesses because you you have more than one. Um, you're doing a lot of work and advocacy in the space um, and you can tell us about your businesses and then kind of what led you to that. You can get into your journey.
1: Okay, cool. So um, I have a bakery, it's a traditional bakery and it's one of the passions I've had for a very, very long time. I, I've always told myself, like, you know, just imagining when I had my older, like my oldest son when I was younger, like I want my pies to be in a grocery store. So this is the mission that I'm on right now to yeah. get my pies in stores all over. So we, we got the bakery started and, you know, I had to find the confidence in starting that business, but um, I got there and we're here now. And then um, from that, because I deal with, cannabis, you know, all types of cannabinoids, not just THC, Um, the state of Maryland as a cottage food business, they wouldn't allow me to do infusions and have a bakery under cottage food label. So I had to separate like herbal fusions from the bakery business. So then we, we branched out to Woman Hill, but I had already started the Woman DC thing because I was doing the speaking advocacy, like have the intimate session with women locally so I could educate them on everything that I've learned. And what cannabis is, is doing for me as a trauma healed adult, you know, I say
0: cannabis responsibly and respectfully. So that's how
1: a Woman Hill got started and here we are.
0: I love that. I love you know, I, and I, that's what really, you know, can I love all my sisters, but what connected me with you is because on the platform, you was laying it really out there. And it's just like, yes, she is really speaking to me. Like, you know, we're kindred souls, but she's in another space because baking, the cooking, I see you with the locks, you know, too. And, and I was read at one forty-two, And I was like, yeah, she remind me like if I had a sister, well, I do have a younger sister, but a sister my age, my, my sister, I had to think about it. Cause she's, I'm 22 years old than her. So it was really oh, like, yeah. like aunt, you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> but, but, um, but if I had someone that, you know, uh, I grew up with, I'm like, this would be hard because we, we just have so much in common as far as our interests, you know, um, and having the, the son, the first son. And then, you know, I don't want to give away your story, anymore, right. you know <laughs> but that was me. Then I met someone and he yelled me, raised my first son, even though his dad was around, you know, he's still active, but, and then we, we got married and we have children. So it's just, you know, very similar here.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that. And it's good so that we can have these stories and let women know that there is a possibility, you know, after single parenting that you can still still move forward. And if you want to have the life of being married with more children, go for it. There's nothing stopping you. You know, don't, don't, don't shy your dreams. Right. 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 So, um, when I did that in 2018 is when it started because um actually we started the business in 2019, but 2018 is when I returned to cannabis mm-hmm. um because I was not sleeping. I wasn't sleeping. I had vicious anxiety because it's kids everywhere. Not just my children, but I have a daycare also at home. So it's just kids and mess and stuff. And my husband said I was barking at them all the time. So I was like, well, you know, Weed is legal in Maryland now. So how do you feel about me trying weed again? You know, knowing that I understand cannabis now because I've been following it. Um, I learned about Charlotte's story, you know, with the CBD. And I was, wow. So I was just really interested in learning what I can learn from cannabis. So when he said, yeah, give it a try. Let's see if he's going to stop barking at us. You know, let's make it happen. So I went into, like, books and... Just everything because I didn't know how I was gonna present smoking to my kids. Mm-hmm. Like they've never really seen me do anything. And I mm-hmm. I was like, Okay, but well, why are we just eating gummies still in cereal bars, like rice crispy treats and stuff like that? Like I don't eat that stuff. So I was like, What do I do? What do I do? So I got with one of my husband's um close friends from the neighborhood and they were already, you know, legacy market and he helped me to like, get back into understanding the math. Because I just, you know, back in the day, I was just throwing butter in there. Like, you know, you just throw mixing and not doing... But I need to have my dosages because, you know, I'm just starting back to cannabis and I can't have something that's too high for me like, to handle because I still have to function as a mother and an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So he taught me the numbers. I was like, all right, I guess I'm getting back in the kitchen. I already know how to cook, so that ain't nothing. So I was like, all right, here we go. I really, really thought that... I would be able to pro- like apply to be a processor in our state because they had licenses opening up in 2019. So I did all this preparation so that I could apply to be a processor. Then once the application comes out and you, I realized that I can't even begin to start, like, I don't have the money for this. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, how is this right? Like, I know that this plant, like I know this plant because I've I've been on a journey with it, right? right. And I can speak on my journey.
2: Right. So why
1: are you preventing me from sharing my knowledge and also gaining wealth from sharing my knowledge from what I know? Yes. So that's when all the advocacy work got into play because this is nonsense to me. I was writing testimony, you know, it's just, it's just not right. And how's this equitable? So that's how it started for me just showing up, being visible um, at like normal activities or people talking about male legalization and um, equity and diversity and oh. cannabis so you know I was just showing up being there not really speaking much because I'm an introvert right <laughs> but I was there and I, I voiced myself verbally mostly I mean I worked ver- like uh, written not verbally mm-hmm. and we just went from there and I guess the work that I was doing and um showing up to like um what do you call them like when you have a zoom session a oh, town yeah. hall meeting yeah. that's a town hall meeting and I got invited to be deputy director with Marilyn Normal. So I was like, yes. And it's so funny because, you know, back in my park days, you know, when I had my older son, I just knew that I was going to smoke today. I die. Right. I was like, I'm smoking today. I die. You know, we've heard this every day listening to some music. So I was like, yeah, yeah. But then it came to a point that I wasn't. And to be in a place that I could actually understand how to lobby, lobby and lobby for the right reasons, it just all came together at the same time. So I just know that I'm on the right path. Right.
0: Right. 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 Amazing. Amazing. I mean, and you know, I, it's just no different than how we move in a space because of the barriers that uh, we're presented with. We don't have the privilege of not speaking up, you know, we don't, we don't, if we want to experience some form of, you know, respect. Yes. Yes. And satisfaction in this lifetime. Yes, we have to speak up, and then when you realize that the system that's set up and what you birth children into, now you realize, oh, I gotta, I gotta help because I before this. Y'all wouldn't have got my babies. You know what I'm saying? Because it's so
1: much (laughs) that comes to education. It's so much because you can really see. But but when you do have a problem with the system that we all send our kids to for public school. The challenges in, in itself to address those issues on an administrative level is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We're talking about months will pass by, but you have to keep making phone calls or emails almost every day to get someone to do something.
0: Mm, sorry, mm. I took
1: that left real quick. No, but, you know, no, this is no. This is,
0: this is how it's supposed to go because, we you know, we'll come full circle. At the end of the day, that's the reason why it's imperative for me to continue to homeschool. Because right, you know, it's like these these beings came out of my body. Now, for somebody to think that they're gonna have control over their, you know, whether I can see them, what time, you know, how the school was responding when I wanted to come get them, or you know, I got to answer to you if they're not like, what's going on here, you know, and so. You know.
1: yeah we, I, I, we are on that path we have not yet started that full journey but trust and leave i ask the kids every day my kids love their school i actually love their this it because it's a creative and performing arts school mm-hmm. and that's like they're getting free lessons right because right. i can't really afford for them to um do yeah, all what they're doing the there and right. it's, just, it's, a, it's a lottery school though so you know girl here we go yeah. with this again but just <laughs> Having the ability to get your children like all of them in a the lottery school is a blessing, okay? Yes, it is. Yes, it's it is. a hot mess.
0: This I found, listen, my this is you know, I'm northeast and, and in Connecticut, and these lottery schools need a lot of work, you know. These lottery schools, you know, my son for the he was, I think, third grade to eighth grade, it was an international communication school, you know, used spoke, he was supposed to be three languages in. Right. finished
1: graduated. Like that's
0: what y'all promoted y'all promoted he he'd know french he'd know uh spanish and man, mandarin that boy he like listen you, you know what i'm saying i had an and, issue uh, with our language school i, I saw too. how y'all was really moving after school um mm. my daughter went in from kindergarten and so after she graduated there she hasn't been to high school and my son he's he graduated high school and tried a uh freshman year at college and you know He's figuring it out for himself, but at the end of the day, at my youngest, he's home. He's home. He's 11. He'll be 12. And he's been with me since, you know, so it's work. It is work, you know, and especially as moms and as wives, and then we are us, we are ourselves where we've had dreams and aspirations and things we want to experience outside of these roles. So now we, it's just the double whammy. I was just telling my daughter how all the unpaid work, like I said, slavery hasn't ended for women. Let's be clear, especially black women, you know how much unpaid work we do on a daily. So You know, and I'm looking at how it's right. going to change. That's that the up.
1: expectation that they all expect to happen since shadow slavery, and right. I'm, I'm so over it. That's yes. why I left corporate America. I said, "I'll, I'll struggle for myself. I'll bust my ass for myself. I ain't busting my ass to make you more
0: wealthy." This is true. This is true. That, and that's that's what it is. That's where we're. You know, that's the mindset that we were, you know, out here and really speaking to and calling, you know, calling to action, you know, you don't have to suffer, you know, you don't have to suffer in silence, you have now you can have cannabis, you know, as a tool in areas where, you know, you have access, because not we have to be honest, not everybody does have access. And so, I will, I'm, I'm surely appreciative of the people who really are foundational in this movement. And I know that that is what I have to do to continue uh, to help other people gain access and the freedoms that I want my children to be ha- able to have. Um, exactly. So, you know, that we, yeah, when, that's
1: that's the community advocacy part, you know, because, you know, we have children and now our children are supposed to get raised and grow up in this nonsense. People right. are like, oh, it's getting better. No, it's not getting better. <laughs> Like what are you looking at? Right,
0: right. So right. that's why I'm so
1: so involved with community work, not just cannabis advocacy, but freedom advocacy, right?
0: Because <laughs> yes. right, 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 right. And so I'm diving. I'm going into, and I've noticed that they've, uh, you know, deemed it anti-racism work now. You mm-hmm. know. You know, you know what I'm saying. So now I'm using a little buzzwords because I'm I'm looking to attract certain people to the talks. But I'm like, okay, anti-racism, which I want (laughs) to call it. But at the end of the day, that you know we have to deal with that in any industry. You know what I'm saying. And of course, the cannabis industry is no different. Um, Exactly. Want to make it seem like it is, (laughs) but it's not.
1: I posted my uh, thoughts of 2022 and what i've experienced the last two years three years in cannabis so it's just it's interesting especially because i'm 46 like i'm not going to be the one to want to go hang out in no bars or clubs just so i can network with people in the cannabis industry i'm not doing that
0: listen i i agree i agree what is this i said that to my husband that the industry needs to grow up (laughs) Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's a great way to put it to you. Yes, they that de- definitely,
1: definitely in all aspects. Okay, because we right. go talking about gummies again. Like my children eat gummies.
0: Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. So, but, um,
1: well, yeah, I agree with that, and not only that because again, because we use it as a tool more medicinally than as like a social function um it just doesn't fit my purpose and you know right. but i had to go on the journey to understand my why to understand why i was using cannabis and stuff like that but people don't want to address that part right. and so they just continue to hurt themselves thinking that they're okay because the cannabis makes them feel better or because alcohol makes them feel better or whatever they're doing whatever vice yeah but ultimately Or like, even though we have the societal restrictions, you can still have freedom within yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So to deal with that, you have to deal with whatever issues you have that are holding you back. And I tell people, those are your traumas. Trust and believe me. You got to dig into them. Whatever is hurting you, stop holding it in, right? Yeah. Suffering in silence. Talk to somebody about it. Do something. Yell out loud. Take a walk. Get in nature. I tell people all the time, you need to go back outside. This is true. People like... people are like in the summertime oh, was too hot but you need that vitamin d okay you need to be out there so yeah. just go take a walk
0: yeah yeah this is true this is true uh, all the things and all of this you're speaking of really addresses a system that a lot of us had no idea about and that's the endocannabinoid system this is way without even consuming the, the plant and the phytocannabinoids that we produce our own. And so right. if we did the things, like you said, like my, we're mindful about the toxins that we consume, we're, we're mindful about the stress that we're under, we go outside and get in nature, you know what I mean? We get the vitamin D from the sun. Then, I, I mean, if the canna- people don't think if cannabis gets its nutrients from the sun, what do you think we're getting, okay? Yeah. So- you, all of that kind of helps you bring your body into balance before you even need the plant. And then there may be something that's going on that if done effectively, that plant can help bring right. balance to and well, help Well,
1: many plants too, right? So yeah, I tell yeah. people, and this is why it's so important to separate cannabis from alcohol and tobacco because it's not the same thing. Nope. There's no reason why those should be linked or related because- there's it's not the same thing other than it can make you feel good but i don't drink so it's not even my thing right um but to me if you're drinking you may temporarily feel happy but something in that alcohol turns you like it turns you it yeah, gives you it. negative thoughts um you react you respond more negatively or aggressive.
0: So <laughs> right, and you know, like I was mentioning to my mom that you would um, you're also poisoning your body. Yeah, it's definitely it's poison, right? You're you definitely know, poisoning yourself. You know, I said, <laughs> it, and <laughs> cannabis is not poisoning you. It's so, not poisoning you know, Especially yet. if it's not synthetic. Like you know, I'm not going to get and dive into that. Girl,
1: we not even. <sighs> I can't believe they even did that. I was. It's so sad though to see people really off of K2 like that is a sad sad vision
0: right right even the deltas like i take that whole delta eight you know that other one THC oh right now no someone
1: said something about TCR i was like what is that they put it down in Florida
0: oh HHC these are all now uh they're they're euphoric they're using them to provide the euphoria of Delta-9 and that experience, but they're extracting them and creating them from CBD. So they're oh, putting Lord. CBD through a chemical process that is changing. somebody my
1: euphoria.
0: Right. And and it's like, it's it's a... Girl, and you I've just heard make one-track for more addictions.
1: That's all that is. Right. They got to find a way to keep people addicted, you know? Right,
0: so. right, right. And this is unfortunate. So you started off... You said that you you opened up a bakery. you And so is that the Stribble's
1: Treats? Stribble Treats is our bakery. But before I jumped into this entrepreneurship, I, I actually have a daycare. So I'm a home daycare provider. Okay. And this is when I left corporate America. So this was the last recession that happened in uh, 2007, 2008. My employer was giving me the piss. When I say you give me the piss, it was giving me the piss, girl. Mm-hmm. Like through everything that I was experiencing, um. <clears throat> I was pregnant at this time with my second child and I had hyperemesis gavardium. That is like constant vomiting, a nonstop vomiting. Nothing stays down. Mm -hmm. I lost 12 pounds in seven days and so I had to be hospitalized a few times, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing with that is they can't keep you in the hospital just to feed you through IV to keep you from being nauseous. So then I had to go home with like a pick pick line in my arm. So I'm home (laughs) with the IV for two weeks. And my employer literally sent me a letter saying that I was creating a burden for the department. Whoa, right. This is why I'm trying to survive from myself and my child. So I was like, you know what? And I'm just thankful that I had the, um, th- the primary care physician because even before mm-hmm. I got pregnant, she had already sent me on an FMLA for work-related stress. So mm. that's when my journey for therapy really started because she was like, you're not taking care of yourself. And it sounds like your your employer is stressing you out. Um, you need to go ask for some FMLA papers and give them here so I can fill them out. And it was, a, now she was born like an Indian doctor, okay? And I love her dearly. She's been retired for a very long time now, but she's the one who started me on my path for what self-care is. Wow. So understanding that. So um, I'm thankful for her and that. But with that, while I was out, like I filed a suit against my employer and mm. I won with EEOC the discrimination in, in pay suit. So this wasn't even about the harassment about okay. why I'm on my like hospital bed trying to survive, right? But I found out that they were paying me $7,000 less than they were paying a white co-worker in the same position as me in another office that was a new hire. Wow. So I got my evidence together and I filed my claim. And wow. I won. Mm. So while I'm out on my leave, they sent me a letter raising my income $7,000 and then a few months later, sent me that letter while I was out again, saying I was creating a burden for the department. So, you know, they were already ready for me to, like, quit or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't, know because I didn't have a backup plan. So I was like, you know, you can't quit without having money like income. That's so I was right. like, you know what, y'all do what you have to do, because I'm good, you know. My lord gonna take care of me, so we are gonna be all right. Go ahead, do what you have to do. Y'all wanna stress me out, but I ain't gonna let you stress me out, because I learned how not to let this happen anymore. Like, I went to therapy. This I stopped doing cannabis. I went to therapy, and, um, I really addressed what was hurting me. So when I learned how to do all that, I had the freedom to just go back outside because I missed like taking walks and stuff like that. I got back into nature, just one things that I remember loved doing before it was just work in my kid, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how it all started for me. And I was like, okay, well, when I got back to work, they kept putting pressure on me. Like everything, they were writing up for being like a minute or two late. Just any reason that they would have to put a red mark on my file because all my reviews were exceptional. Okay. <laughs> so they had said, go ahead, do what you gotta do. But with that, um, I got terminated with the severance package and the ability to file unemployment. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is when my path for following my dreams really started because I had always wanted to have a daycare. So I was like, All right, well, since I'm home, I'm pregnant. I'm gonna go ahead and get started what I did to get my daycare going. Right. And that's how it began for me, like entrepreneurship. I was very shy about being a salesperson, but um being in recruiting at that at, at that job helped me to like talk to people right. more. Right. Um, I didn't go to college much. I had like a few courses uh after I had my son at nineteen, but I didn't stay because it was hard. Mm-hmm. Just life, you know, being a right. single parent. I was pretty much homeless, didn't have like stability and, and housing and I had a kid. So this is where it went. So I just went back to school, got my um, certificate for daycare. I did my 90 hour course and then just went through the whole process to get my daycare started.
0: Wow. Amazing. Amazing. And you know what? Um, daycares are so needed, obviously, in our mm-hmm. community. And, you know, people we can trust, you know what I mean? Right. People can trust people know how to cook. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it's helpful, you know, as yes. well, and um, and also people who have children because then you you can understand, um, you know what what how it
1: interacts. Yeah. Yes, how
0: to interact, but what it is for also the moms dropping children off and things like that.
1: Yeah, you i had my daycare for 14 years now. Um, COVID came and I closed. Just temporarily, while my kids were home with me because it was the four of them, and they took up all my space. So since um they went school opened back up, the three younger ones didn't go back to last January. I've only I've only had one client since there because I've been growing my other businesses. Right. So I'm at this like I'm at this point where well first we have to get out of my townhouse. I had like a whole business evaluation done, and the thing that's really holding me back is where we're living.
2: Right. So right we're. we're Right. Yeah,
1: we, we need more space. I need to be able to grow and I can't grow here. My kids can't grow here. Nothing can grow oh. here. And um, we were going to do that, but then when COVID happens, like the housing market went crazy. Oh, I was right. like, Oh no, nah, we ain't try to be house poor.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. This is true. This is true. So, um, so, so yeah, you know, so now you're you're looking for um are you looking for a daycare center setup? Would you run a center or you want to still keep it a family daycare, home daycare um, environment?
1: Well, this is what I'm torn with right now. My current client, I, I hardly have her. So I have so much freedom to do what I need to do for the other businesses. So I'm, I'm still really torn. I don't know what we're going to do. Right. I, can, I think that I may continue because it's It's great money. Right. But it's a very long day. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's a very long day. It is. And, um, my youngest is eight now, so I don't really have the need to be around smaller, smaller children. Right. right,
0: right. I just feel like
1: my life is in a different space now, so I may yeah. just keep moving forward with that.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And so now, uh, after the daycare, then you open the bakery, and well, was- I still
1: have my daycare. Um, in twenty nineteen, um, once she was about five years old, our youngest, so I asked my husband, you know, if how he felt about me going ahead and pursue the journey of uh having a bakery. I've been selling pies for a minute like I think for since 20 I Think I started selling pies in 20 Well, I was trying with the twins. So I think 2011 or 2010 I started selling pies just during the holidays. So I just wanted to see how far I can go with this. I mean, it's really good. It I mean, it's really good, Tisha. When I see it, it's I mean, I don't have any like formal training. I have never been to culinary school and I would love to go, actually. Right. Um, but everything is just really what I learned from my father and grandmother and whatever my ancestors have given me.
0: Right, right. Because that's how we do, you know? It, it Exactly. What when I when I make, me, me and my husband have Good Eats on Treat and we live on Treat Street. And so what we make, you know, <laughs> like you said, you know, well, he's had some culinary training. So he's really more technique and aesthetics. Okay. me i'm you know formulating the recipe flavor compare spices um you know and what you pair food pairing so and then we we created this good team and you know the us being um you know growing up where we're from from new york city you you know, when you grow up in an urban area, it's diverse. So you get to taste a lot of different things. You're right. And, you know, being black Americans, we, we, we are truly a fusion of so many other uh, cultures, not not just genetically, but um, culturally and environmentally because we have to adapt you yep. know and so like the pivot lifestyle right exactly so I get it you know yeah I I know it's good and the fact <laughs> is that come on we've tasted I know you if you like me you've been to so many places to eat and you're just like I can't believe that I can't believe they're spending money on it I, <laughs> I,
1: I think yeah so we definitely eat at home more than anywhere <laughs> I just don't want to waste my money because I'll be like
0: <laughs> right and it's i said so where are we ever gonna be able to go to get some good food
1: my whole my whole thing is like well how do they stay how do they stay open that's yes. my main i just i'll be like how do they stay open how they're business but you know what i ain't gonna knock them they want that's right. they're making their money but right. i just wonder Not would be i also wonder then also for the customers like what have you been eating all your life
0: mm-hmm hmm I say your taste buds is off. Like I always say your taste buds is off. Something's right. wrong
2: Because Something's there's wrong. no
0: way. There's no way. So I agree. Um, and you know, the thing is oftentimes we need the backing. You know, we need we are not able to go to the bank and get, you know, the, the line of credit or the oh. personal loan or this. The or that. banking woes.
1: Oh, right. t- let's not even talk about the banking woes.
0: hmm So this is why. You know, I wanted to create a space like this because people, oh, I want to invest in cannabis, I want to invest in somebody, I want to invest in black women, and all these, all these things that you see, uh, all over social media. Well, here are some black women who <laughs> are doing the work, who, right. who need some investments. Okay, yes, that's it. For sure, you know. So I'm glad that you came on. And so from uh Treats, right? You also have Stribble District and that is your advocacy?
1: Well Stribble District was that's the parent company. Okay, gotcha. So Stribble Treats and Candle Woman are trades under the parent company. Gotcha. Okay. And um I started Stribble District because before before we started I was gonna start in DC because DC was already uh allowing like um gifting shops. So um Stribble District D.C. because we're from D.C. I'm from Northwest D.C. so that's my husband and it's always going to be home for me. So that's where the district comes in. Stribble. Stribble is my last name. Stribling, right? right. Bull is edibles because you know yeah. it's going to be edibles. Stribble <laughs> District. So that's how that all came to play.
2: Yeah.
1: And this is this is how I started with doing the um intimate session with women came woman D.C. I just wanted to, to share the knowledge like you don't have to, you don't have to feel the anxiety. Well, even just talking about postpartum depression, because that's when we were, mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going through that when I was going through it. So I just wanted to share experiences so that we can teach each other. Like we have to teach each other these things because a lot of women don't talk to their physicians, even though they should. So I also encourage that as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right. And we definitely should, like you said, we have to be more community and communal as Black women and really, like you said, be able to guide those who are younger than us and also those yes. who are older than us that may not know or things we may not know. We can only pass that to each other. You know, like you say, you can speak with your physician, of course, um, but there's certain things depending on, you know, if the physician is a Black woman that they're not going to understand um, as well.
1: Well, it's a lot. Well, first of all, not just because you for one, you have to be comfortable with your physician. Okay, you don't have to stay with anyone that you're not comfortable with. And I changed when I was pregnant with my daughter. I didn't I didn't care for the OBGYN that I had my first two appointments with. So I changed it. And you all we all have that ability. So women, even if you have um, state insurance, just look in the book. They have a list of special care doctors. And go through the list. I Google people and I make phone calls. I read reviews because it's very, very important. (laughs) It's very important because, you know, they don't, some of them don't care about us, you know, when it comes to our health care and that, that position that I left didn't care about me. Okay. And I'm not going to be in this position and we have that choice. So please exercise it.
0: That's right. And I'm
1: just, the same thing I tell people about in the work setting, you know, like read your handbook because it's information there that can be very important for your life, especially as a single parent. Um, for me, that's how I learned about, you know, alternate work arrangements. You know how some employers force you to to do like an hour lunch break. You don't, it's not required by law. Mm -hmm. By law, you only need 30 minutes every four hours. So if you need to break that up, leave early to handle your business for your kids,
0: read your handbook. Yes, I love it. I love it. Thank you. These are gems. These are jewels. I know, yeah.
1: I'll try to say but going back to how I saw yes, the community is very important and I feel that our community has been damaged so much by what society shows them. So I'm here to hopefully change that. Especially for our young daughters. Okay?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because
1: they have um you know, you lose a sense of identity because of what you're seeing every day, what, what you're, what's being shown to you every day. And I want people to embrace mm-hmm. their natural selves, right?
0: Yes, yes. I That's where I come from. I come from cosmetology, retired, uh, licensed cosmetologist, natural hair care and skincare specialist and esthetician. And so that's where I really started my formulations, um, okay. creating natural products for hair and skin. Um, nice. So, and then, you know, of course, once I uh, began to understand the science of infusion and, you know, dosing and things like that, I started incorporating some cannabis and hemp yeah. seed oil and all that type of stuff in my products. But yes, you know, that was, this that was all my-
1: therapeutic, right? It yes.
0: is all therapeutic. Yes. So, you know, even before the, the cannabis, like you said, before the addition of that, you know the products did what it, you know did what it did, and you just was it last year or the year before? Might have been twenty twenty one. My daughter had a bad burn in the kitchen where the grease popped up and splashed all over her face. And within Aww. thirty days, you know, I I did a twenty one day uh reel so people can see like the beginning and after twenty one days nice. the products and following the you know me being an esthetician following the the natural things you should be using for healing it's right in your kitchen, you know, and this is what I love, yeah. Queen of mm-hmm. Pool. she calls it your kitchen laboratory, you know, the kitchen, that right, so, you know, laboratory. Laboratory. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know. So I agree, you know, that um, they need that image, they need that, and um, like you said, the community, you know, more of us doulas, you know, or even learning that there's one that exists, and stuff like that, and I... the PTSD, again, I didn't know, I didn't know that I was experiencing that as well, um, so, I agree. These are things that we need to speak up more about. And I love that you do it in your community um, as a holistic and mental health advocate. You know.
2: Yes. Oh, I didn't plug in my charger.
0: No. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, I can we'll go get my core real quick. <laughs> right. We'll be wrapping up. Um, I'll be able to edit that, you know, any edit any whatever out. Um so <laughs> Okay. So we spoke about, you know, cannabis as a mom for you, you know, and, and you leaving it and coming back to it when you were ready and felt more educated and knew that, you know, you could consume it effectively. And so now where is it that you feel you truly need support, you know, in, in what area of this industry in your business?
1: Exposure, um, more exposure in, I feel that there's maybe some people who are not too... um How do you say this? I'm not too okay with the fact that I talk about abusing cannabis because, you know, everybody wants to... Well, not everybody. They want you to look at it as like um it's a party thing or yeah. a social situation. But so exposure for me and to understand that I'm not here to judge anyone. I'm just here to share the knowledge. And I really think that people who are still... um using substances as a crutch to feel better are not dealing with their perks. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. feel like just just the exposure to understand where I'm coming from, Um, it's not a place of judgment. It's just, I've had a lot of life experiences. I'm 46 years old right now. And it's hard for me to... I don't know. It's hard for me to change who I am. Like, I don't want to change who I am right now because this is what brought me here today to where I am right now. Right. Right. So I don't want to I don't want to change who I am. I just want to grow our businesses. How they need to be exposed, how it is right now with the truth and facts and real information. Right. Right. Not suppress me because I'm speaking the truth and just support realism you know because there's too much fakeness in society i can't do it
0: (laughs) yes and real recognizes real you know that's what it is it's not it's not going to be everybody you know it's only going to be those who really resonate um with your message you know this is what i've realized uh as far as uh exposure um and then we know who the machine you know really back backs you know so this is why right. we need to connect and support each other and, you know, grassroots it because that's what we're doing. And, definitely. you know, and, um, you know, stay focused on, you know, our people, you know, and who we're, who we're here to serve, you know, who we're here right. to help. We were
1: going to speak on that too. I don't know if you would want to go there right now because this is going to be a whole other conversation. Listen,
0: but- Right, but you could, we definitely, yes, get into it. because <laughs> That'll lead to another session
1: <laughs> well you know I grew up I came from living in northwest DC to move into Bowie Maryland in 1986 and Bowie Maryland in the 1980s was a predominantly Caucasian area okay mm-hmm. so ninth grade is where I was introduced to hate I mean excuse me not ninth grade nine years old because I was in the fourth grade going to the fourth grade this is what I where I learned what hate was because I was the only black child melanated child in a classroom full of Caucasian kids and administrators and teachers, and it was a private school. So I went to a private school and they were all so very racist. And so what I learned from growing up in that experience and being there from nine years old to 17 is that people in our community who thought that they had made it to a successful level thought that being with a Caucasian person proved their success, right? So that's not my path. I grew with people who are very hateful to me because of the color of my skin. And once you learn the history of this country, you understand where savagery comes from. And I don't support that in any way, shape or form. So I'm (laughs) all about my melanated men and uplifting our community as a whole. And we have to do that together.
0: Yes, yes, yes. You know, I I agree, you know, that We 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 experienced a lot. You know, when I was in the sixth grade, I moved to, uh, I moved from West Virginia at the time. Me, my parents left New York City. Uh, you know, there was some substance abuse. They had to get away. They went to West Virginia, but it followed, of course, because you can't. You take you with you. You know, I grew up in. Got to deal with your shit, right? You know, with my mom. You know, I grew up in those rooms, so I know the whole. You know the whole thing and. And what I've experienced the war on drugs and the war on people who, uh, abused it or succumbed to substance abuse, um, and the criminality that came doing all of that. And then, so we moved there, but then we, we had to leave and we went to Pennsylvania where my grandmother and my uncle lived and I had to enroll in sixth grade and I was the only black girl in the whole grade. Mm -hmm. It was humiliating the way that I had to, like you said, I, that, that, that suppression of not being able to be my authentic self of the way I look being made fun of the way I spoke, my hair, texture, everything. everything being picked and picked and being picked apart. Ugh. So I know. I know, and, and that is the drive, that was a driving force, you know, for me to be.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm trying to think, someone did a, a recent film or something or a miniseries about this, right? Yeah. When the the Black family moved into a white town. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was like. It oh, wasn't I that deep, but I've I definitely seen people lose themselves. Right, right, right. Their whole identity. Me.
0: That was deep the way that you know, some of the stuff <laughs> was I it watched now? it. I watched it. I watched
1: yeah,
0: it. Yeah, so I'm so. like,
1: you you do it is very challenging when every day you're hated on and all you see.
0: Right. You hate it on your full lips, your wide nose, your your raw forehead, (laughs) your cakey hair, your deep waist, like whatever it is, you know, they found a way. So I I definitely understand y'all are definitely kindreds because, you know, I love my melanated men too. My, my, you Mm. know, from my dad, to my uncles, to my cousins, to my husband, to my sons, you know, I love them.
1: we got to protect them too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, so I agree I agree you know I I, I definitely it resonates with me but I'm quite sure there's a lot of us out here you know that feel the same way that we doing this the way we are who we we gonna be us you know yes right and know, not
1: conform to what society thinks we right, should be, you right know? right
0: right because we know that black love is revolutionary and black yes ma'am you love. know <laughs> people
1: people hating on the truth being exposed, but you know, we know these things already, right? Yeah. We know the history of Kemet. So come on now.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. We, right. They, at, right. At at one point we didn't, of course. We didn't. You know, at one point we didn't. And, you know, but when you know, you know.
1: When you, when know, you know, know, you know.
0: And it changes. And you live in that power. Thank you. It changes. It changes a lot. So, but I love, um, you have so much to offer you know, I definitely would want to see uh in in the near future, like you said, your your Stribble District, Stribbles District, a household name, really, especially amongst yes. our households. You know, so I wanna be able to see your spot when I come through the DC. Um, you know, I I'm might. working
1: on a trailer right now, so okay, we yes. get that trailer going. I could be mobile and do what I need right, to do. Right, right. We we Traverse. are trademarks, so I'm doing everything to protect us as a family yeah. business
0: yeah, corporation yeah. to grow. Right, right, right. Exactly. That's the foundation. You know, that's the foundation. So, um, and that's what Black Women Who Blaze, you know, I want it to be a space where we understand how to do that and how to lock that down, lock it in and how to move forward with our families in this industry and outside of it. But we need more. We need our lawyers to come to this industry and understand this yes. law, you know. Yes, we, need- we definitely need, we need lawyers
1: and accountants.
0: Yes. yes, exactly. We need more of them who are ready to uh, help, you know, Roll about right, right. <laughs> exactly so before we end uh this session i'm i'm definitely gonna have to have you back because there's so much more that we have to uncover um and we didn't really get too deep into the um the mental health advocacy right um but i'd love to be able to go there and you know dosing your dosing recommendations um but before we do leave i want to know you know what are your preferred cannabinoids to consume? Oh, I definitely
1: chase um for a high bit of carefully and low mercy, right? I know the little, little is going to be in there, but for me, those two are the great balance. But you know, even still, I use THC flour. I'm always using CBG with it. Yes,
0: yeah, CBG and THC, okay. I love it. Yeah, because even my blend is uh well i i would call it trifecta because it's cbd a low a low level thc as far as percentage and cbg so okay. a good balance right right and and so um i'm good with a level of thc at 11 percent you know yeah. what i mean like i like 11 percent if i'm gonna have it you know because with those high percentages i'm only taking one puff if i'm puffing okay one puff well,
1: Well, that's why, that's why the Terps come into play for me because I cannot be on couch lock. Like the only time I need to be on couch lock is when it's time for me to go to bed. Right. So I figured out the the system that works for my body, how that when it's time to go to bed, it's time to go to bed.
0: Right. Right.
1: But when I need to be up,
0: I'm up. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I love what you're doing can you please let us know how we can reach you and then every all your information your full bio and um all your websites and social media will be oh no i lost her well it'll be in the chat (laughs) she did say she had to charge